0: welcome back to the physical freedom podcast i am your host jonathan mead where it's all about ditching tension and pain reclaiming your strength your flexibility living and feeling good in your body so you can live a more meaningful adventurous life so you can live your best life in the world let's dive into the episode A strong, flexible, pain-free body starts with trust. It starts with having confidence in your ability to move, to be able to move with ease, to move with freedom. If you don't have trust, you're missing the most important part of your foundation, So this might be a little bit unconventional of a conversation today, and I hope you stick with me uh, through this. Um, And that's what it is, right? It's just me and you having a conversation about your body and how it works, how you can move better, feel better, and do more of the stuff that you love, the things that you want to do. So uh, stick with me because we're going to take a little bit of a journey to understand why is it that so many of us struggle to... Feel good to overcome nagging aches and pains, to overcome injuries, to not accumulate these nagging aches and pains, but to actually, you know, day by day, week by week, be getting stronger and moving better, feeling better. That's actually possible. And understanding this principle of trust is really important. So, this is the exact opposite of the kind of standard mainstream fitness approach, which is all about no pain no gain just pushing harder you know doing more lifting more trying harder pushing through well that that can be fine you know in certain doses right like you know high intensity boot camp workouts or you know really fast paced um you know core power um yoga classes come to mind um that can be f- okay in in the right doses but if we're moving through these positions And these movements and our body doesn't understand them. It doesn't feel, we don't feel confident, right? We don't feel like we can trust our our bodies, trust ourselves. Our bodies are naturally going to respond with tension and pain because your nervous system is kind of like uh, a protective parent, right? It's kind of like a parent that, you know, it wants to make sure that you're going to be safe, and safety is its number one priority, right? Your nervous system and your brain is wired to keep you alive, not to make you thrive. And if you don't have safety and trust first, your survival mechanism is going to kick in and your nervous system will send the signal of tension and pain as guarding. So how does how does this happen, right? Because when we first learn to move, you know, we have trust in our bodies. We, we build healthy, strong, well-functioning bodies, but somewhere along the way it can get broken, right? And part of that's cultural, right? We live in a culture that doesn't support the health of your body. And, you know, unfortunately most of us are not taught to prioritize our self-care. We're not taught to prioritize our movement. In fact, I think a lot of us treat our bodies kind of like head transportation vehicles. They're just things, you know, meant to shuttle our bodies around um, or shuttle our head around, rather. And we disconnect, right? We sit in uh, awkward positions, hunched over at screens for too long, and we accumulate tension that we don't release from our bodies. Um, or we collect injuries that, we never properly rehab from, so there's a really key, important concept that I want you to understand. That's called sensory motor amnesia. Now that's a big word. It's coined by uh, Thomas Hanna from I believe his book Somatics. Uh, super smart guy. But basically, what it is is when you stop using an area of your body, it could be you know it could be your core. Um, it could be, you know, your muscles in between your shoulder blades that support your posture. It could be, you know, different areas of your body. What happens is these body maps, so to speak, get fuzzy, right? So there's this area in your brain called the motor cortex that houses these body maps and they're kind of like uh, representations of each area of your body, right? So there's a map for your hands. There's a map for, you know, your, your shoulders. There's a map for your feet. And the things that you use the most, they take up the most space. But if, if you don't use those areas, right, use it or lose it, your body will deprioritize that space. Now, that's one way that this can happen, right? Just not using it. And that could happen through just overdosing on sitting and having poor postural habits where you're not using key muscles the way they're supposed to. It could happen also through injury, right? Because if you injure an area of your body and it's recovering, right? You could sprain an ankle. But if you don't rehab it properly, that body map might get fuzzy because you didn't learn how to move it through its full range of motion and re-strengthen it and all that good stuff that we need to do um, when we're recovering. It, this can also happen through trauma, right? We can have trauma um, emotionally or psychologically that causes different areas of our body to shut down. We can, you know, hunch our shoulders forward and up to try to protect ourselves from the world. So this is sensory motor amnesia phenomenon can happen in a number of different ways and it's kind of like if you imagine you know those old school uh, fantasy books where there's not there's not an area there's there's the map in the front and there's like an area of the map that's not really well mapped out and it just says here there be dragons that's kind of like what your body does with areas that it doesn't have a good map of it sends a signal of taint, pain or tension, or there's dragons here because it can't trust something that it doesn't have a good map of. Another way you can think about this is like, you know, if you're trying to do something really simple, you know, like just getting up and down from the ground, you know, or you're just going down to sit in a chair and you don't have a very good map of your core, for instance, right? There's a key muscle in your core called your transverse abdominus. It's like your body's natural weight belt. It's one of the key stabilizers in your core. And if you don't have a good map of this area, other areas of your body will have to compensate and take over to do its job. It's kind of like, you know, the old school Christmas tree lights. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but, um, Back in the day when we had these lights, if one of the lights goes out, it kind of screws up all the rest of them, right? So it's kind of like this in your body too. You need all the key players to show up and to be online and working properly. So this can happen a lot in the core. It can happen in other areas of your body, and it, it might be different for, for you, but let's just stick with the example of the core because I think it's an easy one we can all understand. And, you know, everyone talks about like you need to work on your core. You need to exercise your core. Um, everyone knows that the core is super important, but almost everyone seems kind of confused about it. And when most people think of the core, they think of these superficial muscles, like the six-pack muscles, the rectus abdominis or the external obliques. And those are important muscles, but there's a deeper muscle. Again, uh, I mentioned that big word TVA, transverse abdominis. is this muscle that wraps around uh, underneath those superficial muscles, and it's like your body's natural weight belt also connects to the diaphragm and connects to the pelvic floor. And when this muscle is not working properly, it can cause a whole host of other issues. It can cause, you know, your shoulders to round forward because you're not getting the support you need underneath it. And that can create shoulder and neck problems, can create tension in your hips. Um, All sorts of things can happen from this. But the point is we need... To get this area remapped out, it's not about just doing more sit-ups and doing more, you know, uh, planks or hanging leg raises or whatever. We need to work on reconnecting, remapping out that area of your body, and clarifying those blind spots. And that's how we rebuild trust. So a lot of people, when they think of, you know, I need to move more, get my body to, you know, I need to do all the fitness stuff. We tend to think of those explosive high-intensity movements or things like that. But what I found is it's actually much more useful to figure out what are your blind spots, what are those weak points that are holding you back, reconnect with those areas, rebuild trust in those areas. And then what's going to happen is your nervous system, again, it's like that protective parent, It's going to say, okay, you're you're safe. I feel like you can control your core. You have the support there. Now I'm going to allow you to say, for instance, squat down to a resting squat, and I'm not going to give you back pain because I feel like you can trust. I can trust you, right? Does that make sense? So a lot of people go on this kind of fitness merry-go-round. That's like. Unfortunately, it's really frustrating. I've been there myself, and you know the clients that I work with. Most of them have had this experience too. So if this is you, you're definitely not alone. Um, but we're on this kind of fitness merry-go-round that's not really taking us anywhere because we're not really working on the specific areas that we need to focus on to make the most progress. Right? We can search on YouTube or Google for like tight hips or back pain, but the reality is that le- yields like over a billion responses it's it's insane. Like information overwhelm doesn't even begin to cover it. And it's like, as my friend um, Jamie likes to say, it's kind of like throwing darts in the dark. We're just kind of hoping that this stretch or this tutorial, this thing is going to work for us. So one of the best things that you can do to start out, if you want to, you know, reclaim your flexibility, your strength, your capability, you want to feel better in your body is to start with clarity and to do an assessment of your body, to figure out what are those areas for you that you need to focus on. And again, you can do this um, with the help of a coach or a professional. You can also have a conversation with your own body and just tune in with yourself. Like, What is it that I need to work on and go through some different movements, some basic human movements, squatting, lunging, getting up from down from the ground, hanging. Um, And I'm going to dive in more in actually the next episode of the podcast. So stay tuned for that of some key movements that are missing from mainstream fitness that if you incorporate into your routine, into your day are going to make a huge difference for you. So I'm excited to uh, share that episode with you soon. But for now, just staying with that idea of having an assessment and it gives you clarity, right? Helps you clearly know what, what is the thing that you need to focus on or what are the handful of things that you need to focus on? And that way, You can pick a project to work on, right? It might be like making your spine work better. It might be getting your hips to open up and, you know, getting some more pelvic articulation happening. It might be to make your core work nice and reclaim your deep squat. And once you figure out that project, the cool part about that is then you can focus on that and give it a a month or two months, and then you can assess what you're doing and see if you're making progress or not. And if you're not making progress, what do you do? You change your approach, right? You try something different. It's one of the first questions I always ask a, a, a new student when they're wanting to work with me is, what have you been doing to reach the goals that you have now? And how much progress have you made in the last three months? And if the answer is none. Or I don't know what my goals are. First, we need to work on the goals, right? We need to work on what is it that they need to, you know, address. But the second thing is, um, you know, if you're not making progress, you need to change your approach, right? That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and hoping for different results. So that's a that's a little bit of kind of a high-level roadmap that I wanted to give you and offer you today. And I really hope that's valuable for you. I know if you apply these lessons and these principles, um, you're going to make progress with your body. You're going to start feeling better. You're going to start feeling like, wow, I have more support. Like when I do basic things, right? I just feel a little bit stronger and slowly more and more. If you stay consistent with this stuff, you know, a year from now, you're going to be living in a whole different body. But let's get a little bit more grounded. Like I want to give you guys like something tangible that you can do and something that you can take away with from this episode. And again, we'll get into more of those movements that are missing from, from mainstream fitness, um, in the next episode of the podcast. But one of the best tools you can have in your toolkit for rebuilding trust in your body for rebuilding your foundations for building more functional movement, more functional strength is developmental movements, developmental movements. What are these? Well, they're the ways that we develop our ability to move and control our bodies, right? It's how our nervous system is really developed is through these developmental positions like reaching, crawling, squatting, getting up and down from the ground. And going back to these movements, as silly as it might seem to you, you might think like, oh, I already learned that. I already did that. But if you don't have trust in your body, going back to these can be really, really beneficial. And one of the things about our culture is we've lost our relationship with the ground. Right? Some of the healthiest cultures on the planet, you know, cultures in these quote unquote blue zones where people live, um, you know, 100 years plus, they have relationships still with the ground. They're spending time on the floor. It keeps your joints really healthy. It keeps you moving your body through a full range of motion. It keeps your legs strong, keeps your hips supple. So going back to these movements can be really, really beneficial. And there's a study actually done called the sitting to rising test published in the European Journal of Preventative Card- Cardiology. And what they did is they studied um, elderly people and the effect that, um, or ba- basically their ability to you know go from standing to all the way to the ground and getting back up and how that impacted their risk of mortality so what you do is you start from standing and you smoothly lower yourself down to the ground with the least number of contact points possible right so a contact point might be your hand or knee or something like that i guess you could use elbow or your head or something but few people would probably do that um, but for each contact point you you use you lose a point right So what they found is the people with the lowest scores, right? They had to use more points of support to get up and down. They had a higher likelihood of dying during the six-year span of the study than those with the highest scores, right? And guess what? It was actually six times higher they had a likelihood of dying. So you know that, like, I've fallen and I can't get up moment? That is real. And one of the best things that you can do for yourself to not only age gracefully and have longevity, but rebuild trust in your body is to rebuild your relationship with the ground. So um, how how can we take this, you know, rebuilding your relationship with the ground and really make it practical? Well, you can make it a habit of doing more things close to the ground, right? You don't, this doesn't have to be a separate practice, although that can be, but you can do other things, you know, um, while you're on the ground, you can read a book on the floor and, you know, maybe have some cushions or yoga blocks or different things like that to help support you and prop you up. Um, But having a space in your house that is meant for the floor. Part of the reason we don't do this is we just have so much furniture, right? We just naturally gravitate toward the cushiony, couchy soft things. But when we sit on soft things, it tends to make our bodies stiff. When we sit on firmer things, it allows our bodies to be more supple. So that's one thing you can do, which I highly recommend. Um, create some space in your house because you are shaped by your environment and one of the most high leverage things you can do is take back control of your environment right Um, another thing you can do to help remap these key areas of your body out is to use feedback right feedback to help you reconnect with your your core or your hips so What do I mean by that? I mean using a wall to help you know where you're moving from or using the ground for feedback. It could also be um, reaching for a block, right, and having some kind of tactile feedback or having having your movement practice be more goal-oriented, right? So rather than just stretching and holding a lunge, what if you stretched and hold a, held a lunge, but then reached to pick up a ball or a yoga block? What if rather than staying in a straddle uh, stretch, you were on a straddle, you were in a straddle stretch, and you reached in all different directions to pick things up? It's going to make it more active and dynamic, and this is the way our brains are wired anyway. If you've ever thought like stretching is boring. There's a reason for that. So our brains are not wired to just, you know, hold these long stretches and just hang out and kind of, you know, tune out. We're meant to perform tasks and accomplish goals with our bodies, right? We're reaching to pick an apple up off a tree or, you know, we're squatting down to pick berries off a bush Or we're digging for some, you know, roots or carrots in the ground, right? We're doing something practical and tangible. And if you can simulate this in your movement practice, um, you're going to, it's going to be more effective first of all, but you're also going to be much more likely to want to do it. So the point here is to use your imagination to be more creative and be more playful because we just take, I think we just take ourselves way too seriously and it can create so much resistance for us to show up, to work out, to exercise. And we have so much judgment that we put on top of ourselves, don't we? Like where we should be right now or, you know, how much time we should be spending. And it's you notice it's all shoulds too, right? Like, we just need to stop shooting on ourselves and allow ourselves to explore more and to be creative and imaginative. So my challenge for you with this episode, if you want to pick it up and on every episode of the physical freedom podcast, we always end with a challenge or an invitation today will be a challenge. my, Challenge for you is to take five minutes to check in with an area of your body that feels like it's craving movement. What is craving movement in your body right now? And we'll, we'll maybe do a future episode on this topic specifically, but we all have this impulse to move that is kind of like a craving, just like we have hunger and fullness. We also have these internal signals that sometimes we lose contact with to, that tell us to get up and move. And we lose them because we just stop listening. So that's my challenge for you today. Take five minutes. Connect with an area of your body that wants to move. Um, explore it. Maybe ask how it wants to move. Or you know, play around with getting up and down from the ground. That's an easy one. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode today. It was a lot of fun preparing for it. Um, let me know if you have any questions or requests for future podcast episodes or topics. I want to make this show really relevant and valuable, useful for you, because that's why I do this. Thank you so much for your attention and letting me hang out with you today. I I don't take that lightly. I am so excited for this podcast. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of fun things planned. Like I said, in the next episode, talking about missing movements in our modern world. Um, we're going to be bringing my good friend and author, teacher speaker, Aaron Alexander onto the podcast soon as well, who just came out with a great book. You can look forward to that as well. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show. Um, we're going to be bringing a lot of really great value. I um, yeah, I just can't wait to go on this journey with you. So make sure to just subscribe, um, and if you want to leave a rating and a review. Of course, five star review uh, would always would always be appreciated. But leave an honest review. You know, I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear what you think about the the podcast. So I would love a review. Would love um, your support that way. And you can leave that on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is that you hang out. We'll be on all the places. And thank you so much again. I am excited to continue doing this with you. Thank you for being patient with me as I work to get this off the ground and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.